how am I supposed to know the difference between having fun and potentially creating a bad habit if it feels good? What meaning do you give to sex? You know, what beliefs do you have about it? What thoughts do you have about it? Do swingers parties happen in the country, to your oh, knowledge? yeah. So in this more connected world, there's more balancing happening between the larger metropolitan areas and more regional in terms of sexual availability. It's starting, yeah. To be sexually confident, you've probably got to try a few things and fall flat on your face and be a little bit awkward. Joining me is our pleasure activist and resident sexologist, Tanya Coons. Thanks for coming in this morning. Hey, Bridie. I've got rid of my 1900 voice this week. Yes, sounding a lot better. Uh, now, as we heard last fortnight, mm. you caught up with Courtney and, and talking about, you know, just sex disrupting your life as being yeah. an indicator of having too much. We've since had a anonymous submission from someone who's happy for us to read out their letter on air and they write... This. The mm. appropriate lo- load of sexual activity is subjective and depends on many things. Age, personality, location, orientation, access, money, etc. For So for someone living in a progressive and populated space like a capital city, like Sydney, yep. that offers a lot of outlets for sexual expression, porn sites, saunas, cruising spots, online chat rooms, uh, accessible sex parties, nude beaches, safe sex zones, nude bar nights, brothels, the list goes on and on and on and on. How much is too much and how are we supposed to know when to stop? Assuming that most people... Uh, between the age of 18 and 35, live comfortably with their sexuality thanks to taboo-breaking TV shows and a tidal wave, of, tidal wave of sexual freedom and the popularity of sex culture. How do we know when enough is enough and is that even important? Now, there's a lot to unpack there, Tanya. Yes, there is. <laughs> where, um, do, where do you want to start Where with do them? we want to start? Well, uh... First of all, there's a lot of ideas in there, a lot, a lot. And I think, you know, we're, we're kind of we're going to break some questions down so that we can approach it in smaller digestible bits. But um, I'm not sure that age, location and income will impact, uh, and I'm putting this in air quotes, appropriate amounts of sex, right? Um I'm sure that bigger cities do offer you many more chances to network and mingle and learn and explore. Um, so maybe that, you know, the, the availability of things can yeah, be population-driven. The, the, the letter sort of mentions uh, the listener talks about their age and location and income, yeah. meaning that they have a higher, in quotation marks, sex availability, so potential to have sex. Potential. But does does it mean that the availability of thing, these things will lead to inappropriate sexual behaviour? Not really. I think that's entirely up to the individual and whoever you are and wherever you are, you can be inappropriate or appropriate. That's going to be um, happening with what's happening for you. So... And let, let's let's have a look at what is inappropriate, right? So for me, it means things like lack of consent, allowing sexual activities to interfere with your life in terms of relationships or work or study or your health or breaking the law, right? I think they're mostly the inappropriate things. Other stuff can be very subjective. It's other people's opinion, yeah? And I think once we fall outside of um, monogamous heteronormative relationships, and apparently everybody's got an opinion as to whether that's okay, whether it's normal, whether it's not normal. So I'm sort of like, hmm, okay. Uh, so appropriate in this, uh, and inappropriate in this this circumstance, I guess, is really in the eye of the beholder. But so, but three main categories that you can pretty comfortably 
classify as inappropriate would be yeah. lack of consent, yep. interfering with your life yep. and breaking the law. Now, we're going to get into that a little bit more. But first, I just wanted to go back to this idea of sexual availability for people mm. who live in a big city versus yeah. those who live regionally. Okay. So, uh, it's this is a really good conversation to be having right now because I think there are a lot of changes in people in regional areas. But yes, I do think that larger cities do afford more opportunities to meet people and explore different proclivities. You know, I, I even look at the difference between Sydney and Melbourne in the sex positive communities. There are different workshops and different parties and different kinds of things available in Melbourne than there are to Sydney, right? And to, to Brisbane. And then, you know, there are lesser things happening out in the in the country. Do, do swingers parties happen in the country, to your oh, knowledge? Yeah, well, they're, pro- they're a little bit more private. Okay. Because I think in the, in the country, you know, people are a sort of, there's a lot more stigma and a lot more gossip and people don't understand things. But I do a lot of online counselling with clients from all around the countryside and other countries and they may find it a bit more difficult to find people who are of the same sexual orientation or the similar sexual interests. But you know what? You'd be surprised what people are getting up to out there. They're a lot more worried about stigmatisation for fear of rumours, gossip and general ignorance about certain things. You know, So swinging, if you don't know about it, has you know, people will have certain com- connotations about that. So if you find out the bank manager of your local country town of, you know, like 2,000 people is a swinger, what, you know, what What are the connotations of that? People suddenly imply that they can't do their job. I'm sort of like, it really doesn't matter what you do on the weekends uh, as to what you're doing nine to five during the week. So this letter sort of think, well, there, there's an assumption that having the availability, being able to be an anonymous person and have all these sexual availabilities to you and options could lead to, you know, having or getting into an unhealthy amount of sex. Do you Mm. think that it could be more common that people are having uh, too much sex in big cities? Um, Well, I want to come back to that too, to the country stuff, because also we now have the internet, right? So that's like all the dirty bookstores that used to be in days of yore. That was the only way that people could express themselves or, or explore. Now people can find whatever they want online and they can also find community. So they can avail themselves of uh, webcams, online chats, folk, you know, groups uh, where people like to meet and talk. And I'm also thinking of some of the amazing work that people like Teddy Cook and Akon are doing where they're taking stuff out to regional areas and celebrating diversity and sexuality and sexual orientation. So in this more connected world, there's more yeah. of a, there's more balancing happening between the larger metropolitan areas and more it, regional in terms of sexual it's availability. It's starting, yeah. Have a look at the Broken Heel Festival at Broken Hill. Who would have thought that? What, what's you know, Broken Heel? It's a huge drag queen <laughs> festival in Broken Hill, right? So that's, I wouldn't have expected that to be happening in, in the countryside uh, not so many years ago. And there are also places like Aubrey Wodonga hosting events and workshops and parties, lots of places, just giving people a chance to mingle with folks that may be a little bit less mainstream. So I think, again, it's up to the person. You know, you can, I think in America they were saying that like up to 8% of the population has an internet porn addiction, right? That's quite a large number of people. So that's people who are, maybe using it as a masturbation tool or actually spending more time than they can afford, uh, health-wise, sleep-wise, partner-wise, um, looking at online porn, and that, that can have effects on people. So that would be maybe inappropriate. You can do that whether you live in the country or the city. 
Yeah. Good point. Let's go to a track now. And right after this song, we want to debunk some more assumptions around having too much sex and address the question, does it even matter how much you're having? Yeah. Uh, And we're also going to touch again on porn addiction. This is Princess Nokia, sugar, honey, iced tea, language warning. Your mornings, let's talk about sex. Sugar Honey Iced Tea by Princess Nokia. This is Let's Talk About Sex every fortnight on Monday at about 11.15. Tony Coons, our resident sexologist and pleasure activist, joins me in the studio. And this week we've had a listener get in touch with a letter which they've consented to us reading out on air. And it's concerned whether that with whether that person is having too much sex and if that matters. Now, this person wrote that assuming most people aged 18 to 35 are comfortable with their sexuality... Tanya, is that an assumption that you would agree with? No, I never would agree with that because I think there's so much shame and stigma around sex. It doesn't matter on your age group. I mean, some people can be very comfortable with their sexuality, but a lot of people are not. They're still exploring. They don't know. We're living in a world, whether we like it or not, that normalises heteronormative monogamous relationships. So if you fall outside of that, there is stigma. There there are people with opinions. Um, I think it's, you know, people have to step into that that sort of stuff and to be sexually confident you've probably got to try a few things and fall flat on your face and be a little bit awkward so I wouldn't make an assumption that 18 to 35 year olds are comfortable with their sexuality I think that's a time where most people are exploring it's usually people who are a bit older that have had a had a chance to try a few things they've gotten to know their bodies a bit better they they're know what trying, they like yeah they're not trying they to do. be perfectly formed anymore they don't care they're like okay this is my body and it can give me pleasure in these ways okay well yeah. assu- assuming that we are the you know the 18 to 35 year old in this letter who is comfortable <laughs> with their sexuality okay and that does have access to enjoy some or even all of the things mentioned in the letter like cruising spots sex parties saunas is it possible to maintain a healthy relationship to sex if you're doing all these different activities and engaging on a what would be considered maybe a relatively high level of yep. sexual activity And does it matter? Yeah, well, does it matter? So if you want to have lots of sexual partners, sure, why not, right? But I'm always saying be safe and be respectful. Don't lie to get laid and think about your health and think about your partner's health, right? So there's there's that kind of thing. Am I going to do this ethically? Because there are a lot of people out there who... You know, they they do things that, again, don't pass a sunlight test to try and get themselves sex. And I don't think that's great because they may leave a trail of destruction. Can we just have a refresher on the sunlight test? The sunlight test. That's um, doing something that you, you, you think it might be a good idea at the time. But, you know, when you've had a sleep and you wake up and the sun comes up, you're like, oh, geez, you know, maybe I shouldn't have done that. Mm, am right? I going to regret this in the morning? Am I going to regret it? Yeah. Or did I get talked into something I don't want? There's two sides of the sunlight test there. So I think it's really good to think about why you want to do the things that you do. If you want different experiences, that's great. Uh, If you don't want to be tied down, also great. But look out for things like, I need sex to help me cope with a bad time, or I need sex to help me feel like I'm a good person or I'm attractive enough or things like that, because these are less healthy motivations, I think, for doing some of these things. Now, some of those motivations might be the driver between 
behind someone going out and exploring all this different sexual stuff. Yeah. But how are you to know that that's the motivation? Is it a conscious thought or is it? does it take some self-reflection? It does take self-reflection and, and I'm often encouraging my clients to sit and think about, you know, well, what, what meaning do you give to sex? You know, what beliefs do you have about it? What thoughts do you have about it? You know, and what, what senses are you looking for when you're engaging in sex? Because these are things that are in our brains but not necessarily conscious. Because people can have thoughts like, oh, well, I should be good at sex. And I'm like, really? Says who? Um, and, and what is good at sex? What does that mean? Tanya Kunes is our resident pleasure activist. She's a sexologist who works at Surrey Hills Therapy. And if you have any questions on the topic at hand, including what my motivations might be behind yeah. going out and having a lot of sex, we'd love to hear from you on the text line. You can get in touch, remain anonymous if you like, 0409 945 945. You don't have to remain anonymous, of course. <laughs> get uh, in touch. Get in touch. Now, one more. let's go back to this letter that we had come mm. in one more time. The letter reads, Porn and masturbation are daily outlets available to me 24-7. And if that doesn't cut it, I can go cruising to a porn shop, to a sauna, to a public cruising spot, or even go to a camming site. How am I supposed to know the difference between having fun and potentially creating a bad habit if it feels good? Mm. I do want to get your response to this, Tanya, but I think (laughs) we're going to go to a song first, give people a chance to maybe get in touch on the text line and give you a second to absorb that little... It's uh, a lot of stuff, mm. yeah. So let's get Tanya's reaction to that part of the letter right after this. Liberty City by Nookie. Language warning. This is Let's Talk About Sex on Mornings, FBI 94.5. Liberty City by Nookie. We're talking about some of the liberations of living in a city, especially in terms of your sex life. Now, we had a listener get in touch after last fortnight's chat with Tanya Coons for Let's Talk About Sex, about how much sex is too much. And the listener was concerned that with porn available 24-7, uh, the availability to go to a sauna, public cruising spot, camming, how, how are they to know what the difference is between having fun and potentially creating a bad habit? Tanya, it sounds like, you know, some people feel there is still a lot of shame and stigma around sex, even though we're in a very sexually expressive time that that seems more liberated than perhaps times in the past. It does seem it, but I think it's not. You know, I look at the stuff that I do. I'm doing sex education all the time and, and things like social media won't let me talk about it or promote it. We're getting shut down all of the time. So I think while there's a lot more access to things on the internet, general conversations are being shut down. You know, So it, it, for us to be able to talk like this on the radio is such a privilege, I think, because we don't get to do that. Many other media things that I do are like, you need to keep it very narrow and not go too deep and not be too titillating. You know, it's, it's, it's still a very taboo subject for many people. So talking like this is great. Not for FBI 94.5. No, that's us. We're diving right in. Um, and I'm also interested in what, what this person means as an outlet, right? Is this sexual masturbation for stress relief or is it for exploration? There are different things you know people can pick you know we've listed a number of things or the the listeners listed a number of things you could do this on your own you could do it with a partner or you could go do these things with a view to meeting like-minded people all of that stuff's very very healthy it's if you feel completely 
compelled to do this and you haven't got control of your behaviour, that it starts to be problematic. So is it about release? Is it about scoring? Is it about self-exploration? You really need to ask yourself these questions. So it sounds like these words I'm hearing, you know, is it for stress exploration, scoring, for for release? Is it for coping? Is it for feeling good about yourself? It seems to me like a motivator is a big thing that you need to look at when considering is this a health is it is having so much sex healthy for yeah, me? Yeah, and I think a lot of people have sex of validation. That's nothing new, uh, but it, it's good to know what you're doing and why you're doing it, right? If that's the only reason that you're doing it, then it's in, and it starts to be out of control. Like, I need to get laid this weekend, otherwise I'm not a very good human being. Or every time I go out, I need to make sure that I pull that sort of stuff. Not not it's not so healthy if it's more like well you know I'm up for an adventure so you know because having sex with a random stranger can be very exciting for some folks and for other folks they'd never do it in a million years again it's about what is okay for you you know people always ask me Tanya what is normal sex and I'm like oh I have a six word definition for that any sexual act between consenting adults, right? So the last two words are the operational words. Who can give consent or who can't give consent? Children, animals, dead people, inebriated people and unconscious people. The rest of it is open slather, right? So up to you. We're all very different and we're all sexual beings. We're running out of a bit of time here. So we were going to cover porn addiction, but we have done that before and it is podcasted. Just head along to Let's Talk About Sex. Uh, Just Google Let's Talk About Sex FBI Radio and the podcast will come up for you. You should be able to find it on your podcast app as well. Just quickly before we go, though, with this uh, letter that we've read out today, do you think in this example, this person's sexual habits are beginning to disrupt that person's life and therefore becoming problematic. It, it sounds to me like they're, they're worried about it, right? So I'm sort of looking at that. There's a lot of assumptions in there. So I, I'd be questioning the assumptions and thinking, do you have to do all of these things and encouraging them to think why? I mean, it's, there's a great range of things and it sounds like they're happy availing themselves of many different ways of sexual expression and satisfaction great. But if you feel like you have to do these things or if they become a checklist rather than a list of options, maybe start to look at that through a different lens and think, is this problematic or not? Tanya Coons is our resident sexologist and pleasure activist. And she has a workshop coming up. Yes, I do. This Sunday, um, I'm working with a colleague. We're doing two workshops. We're doing Sexy Sundays. Uh, you can visit surreyhillstherapy.com and find the Sexy Sundays page. We're doing What goes on at Sexy Sundays? Oh, we're doing a workshop on orgasmic yoga. So that's using breath as an erotic pump. And then I'm doing a sexual communications uh, workshop in the afternoon, which is how to communicate, how to ask for what you want, how to say no, how, all sorts of things based on Betty Martin's Wheel of Consent. Love it. Yay. Look up Surrey Hills Therapy for more information. We'll also put some more stuff on the program page for you. Links, etc. FBIRadio.com. Tony Coons, thank you so much for coming in. Always a pleasure. And if you have something you want us to cover on Let's Talk About Sex, say there's a topic that's been bugging you or a question, you can always get in touch. My email is bridie.t at FBIRadio.com and you could send your suggestions for topics there. And don't forget to check out the podcast to see what we've already covered. 